Welcome to Highlight Church. Come on, guys. Let's celebrate our new guest today. We thank you. Thank you for joining us. And um, we're excited. It's 11 o'clock. Well, it's 11.40, and it's sunny outside. How fun is that? How fun is that? Yeah. Cool. So today we're going we're gonna to talk about leadership. Just kind of jump out the gate with that. That's what we're going to talk about. And um, yeah, yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, this Sunday is uh, 2.0 of Vision Week. Uh, last Sunday, if you weren't here with us, I encourage you to listen to the podcast. We casted vision. We shared a vision as to where we're going as a church, um, long-term vision. Uh, today, I'm, in about a minute or so here, I'll share a little bit short-term with you um, what, we're, what we're looking to do here within the next year and a half. Um, but yeah, so, so catch that podcast. Uh, big vision, 20 years, 20 locations, over 20,000 people. And so we can celebrate that. I know it's, yeah. it's what God has called us to, and um, we're encouraged. It says this here, Matthew 9, um, verse 35. These are the words of Christ. Jesus went to every town and, and village. He taught in their meeting places and preached the good news about God's kingdom. Uh, it's good news. It's, it's loving news. It's redeeming news. It's liberating news. The good news about Jesus and God's kingdom. And it says he also healed every kind of disease and sickness. So he taught and he healed. He's such a good and faithful God. And it says this here, when he saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them. They were confused and helpless. So he's, he's teaching and he's healing, but he's recognizing his limitation. Um, you know, he would draw masses of people, 5,000, 10, 15, 20,000 people. And he'd try to get to each of them, but he was still one man, God in a body. He's limited. And he said, man, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, so he's like, look, I'm... I'm out of here in about a year and a half, but um, I just want to share my vision and my heart with you before I leave earth. And he says this here, a large crop is in the fields, but there are only a few workers. He says a lot of people, but it's like 13 of us. <laughs> he says, I don't wanna, and he says, you know, we got about a I got a year and a half to go. He said, you guys got about 30 or 40 years to go. Um, it's a large crowd. He says, ask the Lord in charge of the harvest, in charge of the souls of the earth. He says, ask him to send out workers to bring it in. So ask him to, to send out people to bring more people in. And what he's saying is into the church. Um, the Bible teaches that when Jesus comes back, He's coming back for the church. Uh, it's, it's, he's not coming back for Apple or Microsoft or Tesla. Uh, he's not coming back for a hospital, a school, a degree. He's coming back for us and the, the 2.5 billion other believers that are out there, and hopefully many more. But he said it is so vast and it is so large that we have to pray for people to not just fill seats, but, but to grow to the point to where they're actually doing the work of the Lord um, in every sector in society. With that being said, we understand that the need is great. 
therefore, the need to lead is even greater. And I believe that every person under the sound of my voice is a leader. I believe that every person in here has a destiny. Um, you're called to make an impact to change the world. Uh, with that being said, I'll share some short-term vision with you. Um, in fall of 2021, we're going to go ahead and open up our second Highlight Church location. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're moving, we're moving, and we're moving fast. Um, we're moving into, into our new building here. Um, we're praying for next week. We're praying for next week. You know I always got something for you. We're praying for next week. We got to pass our final fire inspection. They should be installing the strobes and, and one sprinkler this week. So hopefully uh, the inspector can inspect it and approve us um, for the 16th. If not, I, I know for a fact we'll be in there on the 23rd, but I also know it's building up anticipation. So that's a good thing. That means y'all are going to come and you're going to bring everybody you know. And so, and then people are going to come because they're like, oh, you're not in a middle school anymore, so it's not weird. So we're going to come because you're in a building. Yeah, I get it. Y'all are out there trying. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but I'm going to still push you. Um, so, yeah, but fall of 2021, um, I, I can just see it as, as clear as day. I see it because this Easter is going to be a good problem for us. And then you're talking about next Easter. And by that point, we're at five or six services at our new building. And it's like, we, we can't do any more here. So it's time to open up a new spot 10, 12 minutes down the street. And so, um, and so hence, leadership. Hence, we got to get out the seats. Hence, we need campus pastors, and we need uh, more directors and more leaders. We, we, we need those gifts that God has placed on the inside of you to, to, to get to work so you can be fulfilled and so you, you can see the difference that you make in society. And so the Bible calls a leader, point number one, a leader is a servant. God says that a leader is a servant. These are the words of Jesus. It says, but Jesus called them together. He said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. He says, but among you, among the church, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. So whoever wants to be a leader among you must be concerned about you, is what he's saying. He's saying that true, true, true leaders are, are difference makers. Um, go ahead and write these three quick points down real quick. Uh, they're not going to appear on the screen, but write these down. Anyone can lead because anyone can serve. According to Christ, uh, the greatest leader who ever lived. Anyone can lead because anyone can serve. Um, second thing, go ahead and write this down. Leaders come in all shapes and sizes. All shapes and sizes. All, all kinds of backgrounds. We all have different stories, different testimonies. We've all been through different things. But that's what makes us so, so, mm, so, so, so such a such a tool in the hands of God against, against the enemy because he, the enemy thinks, man, they, they should be done. Um, the, the, the family should be destroyed. Their lives should be destroyed, but they continue to show up to church to worship and praise God. And, 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 and God's like, yeah, I got them through that, but if they, could just, if they could just realize that it's much more than survival, 
that, I, that I've called every person in this room to move people, to move masses of people, to lead people, to, to change the earth. And we come in all shapes and sizes. The reason that's important is because we, we can't all reach the same people. There are people that you can reach and you can impact kids that you can impact that I'll never have influence over. Um, as a matter of fact, I am, I'm, I'm positioned as the pastor of this church, but I'm not the best leader in this room. And, 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 and you're, you're more effective in, in, your, in your area of influence. Go ahead and write this down. God chooses you to lead despite your imperfections. God chooses you to lead despite your imperfections. So your, your, your friends, your enemies, your critics can say whatever they want to say about you. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't sever God's call from your life. They, they can talk about your education, the way you look. They can, they can talk about all these different things, but God, God is still going to use you. Uh, the Bible says that Moses was the most powerful prophet that Israel had ever had, but, but he had a stuttering problem. And the, 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 the primary definition of a prophet is a messenger of God. So his primary task was to talk. And so when God came down and he called him, he said, um, I need you to send this message to my children. And he's like, Lord, I, 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 um, I, I got a stuttering, I got a stuttering, I got a stuttering problem. He says, that doesn't matter. My, my glory is revealed through your weakness. And so it doesn't matter about your imperfections. God still chooses to use you. And so I want to give us five biblical benefits of serving. A leader is a servant. Here it is. Serving is the application of faith. Serving is the application of faith. The best way to, to, to learn or to grow in something is to teach. So it's actually do the thing. The best way to, to grow in something is to practice. And so I, I propose to you that um, you're, if, if, you're, if you're just coming to church or if you're in a light group or if you just do outreach, you got about 75% of the pie that, that the Spirit of the Lord has to offer. If you just come to church, you got about 25% of it. You're not even scratching the surface of the potential that God put on the inside of you. There comes a time where the Spirit of God starts to, to nudge you while you're in that seat, and he says, get up. I'm calling you to do something more than just go to an eight to five and, and make money and, and save up for a 401k in retirement and die. Um, um, it, it is your purpose to make a difference. You, you don't get better at sports by just watching it. You don't get better at communicating by watching a few TED Talks. You got to get out there and get in the game. You grow through doing. You grow through serving. And so serving is the application of faith. Second Peter says this, chapter 1, CEV, do your best, watch this, do your best to improve your faith. So faith is action. Faith is not, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart, and then you're going to take care of everything else. You're going to bless me. You're going to open doors. People are going to come to my business. People, you know, my professors are going to give me A's. And God, when I come to church, you're just going to zap me with, with joy. No, you know, you, you got to get into worship. Right? That, that's why I'll come up here and say, Waymaker, and never stop. You never. That, that's me pressing you, pressing you. And, and you, you know, you're probably just like, a oh, lot. Here we go again. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, 
that, that's me pressing you to grow in your faith. Because I'm telling you, worship is a powerful thing. You, you, you can be riding in a Wednesday, and it can be the toughest week of your life. But, but if you've learned how to worship in church, and, and, and you put on that praise and that worship in your car in the middle of the week, you know, that, that your, whole, your, whole, your whole situation changes because of the power of praise and worship. So he says, do your best to improve your faith. I'm, I'm going to take you to heaven. You have fire insurance, but you have to do the work of improving your faith. And so Peter says this, you can do this. Here it is by adding goodness, understanding, self-control, patience, devotion to God. Here it is, concern for others and love. There's that leadership portion. You got to add the goodness. Man, I, I thought I was a Christian. Why? Well, I don't like people. <laughs> when God saved you, you entered what was called the sanctification process. If you take a note, sanctification is this process of becoming more like Jesus. So, so when God saved your soul, you, you didn't automatically become Christ, you're, you, the goal is to become Christ-like. So there's effort that you're going to have to put in tomorrow as you go to work and as you go to school and as you start your day to be good to people. There, there's a, an intentional decision that you're going to have to make that, that the Holy Spirit gives you to love and to forgive and to be good to people. You just have to be sensitive to the promptings of God's Spirit in, in, your, in your heart. And, and when God, when, you know, you wake up, you may be feeling a little drowsy, but the Holy Spirit will say, put a smile on your face. Get your attitude together. Come on, come on, come on. Go, go, get to work, get to work, get to work. Do, be excellent. And so he says this, goodness and understanding, self-control, patience, devotion to God. You know, we, we, we've talked about this since the fast. Devotion to God means get in your Bible. You can't just come to church and it's, man, pastor just gave an amazing message. It was awesome. I'm fired up. By Tuesday, you're, you're empty. And what you have to do is you have to be intentional about going to the, the, the spiritual oven of your walk with Christ and pulling out fresh bread every single day. Because I, I, this, I'm only giving you one meal throughout the week. So it's saying you got to put the effort in and God is going to speak to you. And he says this here. He says, love, concern for others. If you keep growing in this way, verse eight, it will show that what you know about our Lord Jesus Christ has made your lives useful and meaningful. A lot of the reasons why people are like, no to church. It's because the, the laborers and the workers aren't aren't growing aren't grow if you're stressed out about the same things as me if you battle with the same things as I do why would I even want to step foot in a church but 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 Peter is saying there's this intentionality that you got to take there's this serving component that that enables you to to grow and to apply your faith number two serving unlocks leadership potential it unlocks leadership potential. And a lot of you are probably thinking about leaders. You're thinking about kings and presidents. I was listening to uh, an amazing pastor. He passed away a few years ago, Miles Monroe. And he said that um, every, every government official is not a leader. They, they have the title of a leader, but, but it doesn't make them a leader. He said we need to get leadership 
into our leaders a lot of times. And so serving unlocks leadership potential. Watch this here, Luke 5. When he had finished speaking, this is Jesus, he said to Simon, Simon means pebble in the Greek. Now go out to where it is deeper. There's so much revelation in that, boy. If I didn't have to use so many verses, because I feel as though we're in a season where I'm growing our church in the word, I, I would preach on one, one scripture. There's so much revelation in that. Go out where it's a little bit deeper. Go, go. All right, let me keep going. And let down your nets to catch some fish. Fish represents souls in the Bible. Whenever you see fish, it represents souls. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. What, what is Peter saying? He's saying we've worked so hard on task. We've turned in our papers. We went to work. We went to our eight to five. We worked so hard on things, on things, on things. He, he's, Jesus said, go out a little deeper and there's more fish. So he said, you, Jesus saying, you've worked hard on things, on tasks, on duties, on cleaning up, on doing your job. But Jesus is trying to turn that passion and that focus to people. Yeah. And, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to adjust Peter's, Peter's motive. There's always, a ta- there's always a person behind the task that God has called you to. There's always a soul that you're called to impact behind the task. Um, 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 this is not menial, what the production team does. Yes, they're, they're clicking the slides, but what they're doing is they're serving people who don't know their Bible. It is such a powerful and profound and supernatural thing. It's the, it's the clicks that they do that enable certain people who are going to read the scripture today to receive Jesus one day and help them get to heaven one day. It is not menial. So, so he's saying, you're, you're so focused on the task. I'm, I'm trying to get you to focus on people. And he says this here. Oh, yeah, I got to tell you this. He says, we worked hard all last night, verse 5, and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Go ahead and write this down. Details and destiny are one and the same. Details and destiny are one and the same. Jesus is trying to get Peter to be detail-oriented. I mean, Jesus is trying to get Peter to be detail-oriented. They're one and the same. When you go to your workplace, where do you get your details from? Your supervisors. When you go to school, you get your details from your professors. And God is saying, I haven't called you to skip details. I'm raising you up to, to be a a, a leader and you need to know you need to know and, and honor details. If you skip details, you slow down destiny. The test is in three weeks. You need to study this, 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 A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Well, I study A, B, and X, Y. Details and destiny. So he's saying, all right, I've worked hard, and okay, God. And he says this here, verse 9, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as, as were the others with him. His partners, James, John, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So, so when he got Peter's mindset right, when, when Peter followed the details, when Peter started to focus on people Monday through Friday and not just a paycheck, Peter's leadership potential was unlocked. 
And, and, and so, so what God is attempting to do right now in, in every industry that's represented in this church is he wants us to start focusing on people. I want to encourage you with this, especially if you're in uh, education and you're pursuing a degree. If you're pursuing a certain degree just for salary, you're selling your potential short. I pray and I hope that your motivation is to help people, is to bless people. It's to serve people. Why? Because God can get you money. I'll put it to you like this. I, um, I uh, graduated from Olympia High School 2005. Um, shouldn't say that. Um, I, from my teens in the room, but I'm for the youth. So um, <laughs> shout out Life Point Church. Um, hey, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, graduated Olympia High School, went to Florida A&M University, finished with a molecular and cellular um, biology, bachelor's in uh, molecular cellular biology, bachelor's. Never stepped foot in a seminary. Never stepped foot in a Bible college. But I'm here. I'm a scientist by, by, by trade. I'm a, I was pre-medicine. And I'll just tell you, the main reason I was going for that was because I saw if I made it through, there's a quarter million attached to it. But when I really got to the root of what I wanted to do, it was all about people. So when people say, why? You didn't have to be on welfare. Because it was about people. Why? You didn't have to leave your parents and your home. It was about the place and the people that God was calling us to that needed us to be here. God will get you money. You just got to get real about that gift and that passion that he's put on the inside of you. So please, like, take inventory of, of what you're doing because you may get at the end of that degree and there's nothing there for you. No jobs, no opportunity. So he's trying to get Peter to get off the task-based mindset. I love it when our greeters can come and, and, and they tap into this thing where it's more than just about opening a door. It's, it's about the souls of the people who may be hurting coming in. And so um, what Jesus is saying is take some of that hard work that you do all throughout the week and convert it into a passion for serving people. Your workplace is, is great breeding ground for leadership development. And, and you may not get the promotion, you, you may, you know, no time soon, you may not get the recognition, but it's great breeding ground for your development as a leader. It is, it is an amazing place. And this same Peter, because his name was Simon, Simon means pebble, Jesus named him and named him rock. He says, you, you, you think like a pebble, you're operating like a pebble. But when I created you, I put a big old stone of potential and a rock on the inside of you. This same Peter who needed help pulling the fish from that boat and needing other people to help him pull the fish. Those 20,000, those 20 locations need other leaders. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I need other leaders, people. Come on, y'all. Like this, man, this, these fish, I, 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 need, I need people. The same Peter would go on to preach on the day of Pentecost where 3,000 people would give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Jesus can take you from a, a fisherman to a fisher of men. Je, Jesus can take you from a, a, a nobody, a someone that's hitting in the back. You're folding clothes. My first job was Cracker Barrel. Retail, retail department. I loved it, my first job. I used to step out of there every Friday, $345. 
17 years old. Give me my check. I'm going to the mall. Y'all don't do the mall anymore because it's Amazon and all that. But they had a brother folding, folding shirts. I still fold shirts the same way I used to fold them. But a chin down, and it's, it's nice and square. But all I'm saying is, is this. God, God can take you from, from the back. I know, my God. I, man, my boss, she was, she was funny. That's, that's nice for saying she, she was tough. But man, what I'm saying is sometimes you don't, you don't know who you are until you actually surrender your life to God. And you don't know where he can take you in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You don't know the hundreds and the thousands of people that are going to be impacted through your calling and your life and your ministry and your yes to God. You never know who you are. Peter didn't know who he was going to be in the next three years. He didn't know it. He just did what Jesus told him in that moment. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do in this season is do what Jesus tells you right now. And then you keep doing it. 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 And, then, and before you know it, it's like, how did I end up here? And after he preached and 3,000 gave their hearts to Jesus, a few weeks later, uh, two more thousand came to the Lord and the church was 5,000 people. And, and I wish I could take you through Acts chapter six, because now you have the Hellenistic uh, Jews and, 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 and um, the Greek and, and, the, and the Jewish women. And they're going back and forth because there's not enough food for the Greek Jews, the Greek women. And now we have an ethnic issue. So there's some racial tension in the church. And Peter looks at his, his fellow apostles and he's like, we're not going to abandon the work of the word of God and feeding the people and teaching the people the scripture to serve food. There's 6,000 people in this church. And, and you ought to read it, Acts chapter 6, and he says, we need to raise up leaders. That's the enemy's greatest tool against your leadership potential is, is having you busy with things that you're not called to be busy with. So the church was growing, but the very thing that, the, the very thing that was, was so great about the church was also going to kill it, the growth, unless leaders were raised up. I also heard, um, and man, we're in a year where we, we're ready to release anybody. You, you want to lead? You ready? All right, just go ahead and do it. I heard Pastor Mal say, um, you will find the best leaders from people who have been waiting so long to make a significant difference. And he used this crazy word. I said clog the pipes the other day. He said it's because they, they, were, they were constipated. I'm like, hold on. That's... But he, he said, no, he said, no, straight up. He said they were, they were waiting to make a difference. They were waiting to do something. Some of y'all don't even know it. But your spirit is, you're waiting to be significant. You're waiting. I think you said last night for team night watch parties. You said, if anyone wants to be a team leader in this church, let us know. You hadn't ran that through me. <laughs> but there was something in my spirit that agreed with that. Who are we to keep people from making a difference and from serving and from, from leading people? You want to lead? Let's lead. And so, and so Peter was, Peter didn't know who he was, but he just kept on saying yes. Yeah. And as he showed up, that leadership potential 
was unlocked. I'll tell you this. Um, if, if, if leading is serving, watch this. The healthiest relationships are built on the foundation of leading one another and of serving each other. The healthiest churches are composed of those who serve each other. Great churches are not made up of the talents of a few, but of the sacrifices of many. Great marriages are made up of people, two individuals, who say, I am here for you. You are here for me. We are on the same team, same last name, probably a different number, but we both want to win the championship. So how can I support your dreams? How can I support what God has put on your heart? What do you need me to do? What sacrifices do you need me to make? And that's when God's spirit moves into a relationship. That's when he moves into a church. That's when he moves into a friendship is when people who are unified say that we're going to serve each other. And it says this here, number three, serving allows you to build rich relationships. Serving allows you to build rich relationships. There's a season in our life where um, me and Pastor Kai, we worked the overnight shift, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. together. And we were a part of a portable church in our Altamont Springs campus. We would leave our shift and we would go zombies and we would rush to church. And this is a season of my life when I was on the park. I was on, I was on four different teams, y'all. There was no other team. And I'm like, we're, you know. So I was parking. I was outside greeter, inside greeter. I set up the coffee station. I was the usher. And I would also set up the kids' rooms. This is fresh off of a 12-hour overnight shift. And she would show up, and she would plug in courts with production. She would sing. For four years, this girl sung uh, backup singer. Backup singer. Never once asked to lead a song. She only led when she was called. But the, the, the great part about it is, is, as I was doing my thing, God was building something in me. As she was doing her thing in another part of the church, he was building something in her. We were both building the church. Jesus says, I'll build my church. What happened, though, is, is that as I was doing my thing and she was doing her thing, our relationship became stronger. And, and, and you just never know the destiny that God has amongst those that you serve with. You never know who that person is going to be. You never know where God is going to take them. You never know when you're going to need them and they're going to need you. So, so, so serving enables you and allows you to build rich relationships. As a matter of fact, there's a story in the Bible where this woman, she was serving, she was serving, she was serving up until the point where she served so hard and she served so well that she had an opportunity to marry a king. Rich relationships. But when we're not there to serve, we miss out on our opportunities. Right. When we're not there to serve, we miss out on meeting some of the coolest people that we will ever encounter. Because it's really, truly amazing people who don't just come to church, but they serve the church. And those are the people that are going to go, hi, 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 read your scripture. Joseph was a servant. 
he became the most powerful man in Egypt. And there would be a time where his family was in a famine, the, 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 the sons of, of, of Jacob. And, and, and they went to Egypt. We, the process series, you ought to go and listen to it on podcast. They went to Egypt because that's where the food was. And Joseph was in the position to feed his family. Rich relationships. Daniel, exiled from Israel, carried off to Babylon. Every administration, God rose him up to the most powerful man in Babylon under the king. And that's because the kings of Babylon and Persia could depend on Daniel. There's a story about Daniel in the Old Testament where um, this king, it's not Nebuchadnezzar, it's like one or two after Nebuchadnezzar. You ought to read it. Devotion to God. You ought to read it. It's it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And um, this king called in the gold instruments, the cups and the plates and the bowls, to eat from God's temple, because they had salvaged the temple in Jerusalem and everything, but they took the instruments from uh, uh, the temple. And this king, they're partying, they're enjoying it, you know, they're, they're good. And I don't know what was in this king's drink, but the Bible says that this king saw a hand start writing on the wall. And so he's going crazy. He's like, get somebody in here to read this. He's saying, call the magicians, call the scientists, get them in here to interpret this. All of those scientists and magicians attempted to to read it. None of them could. The queen said, I know of a person. He served under Nebuchadnezzar. He is Jewish. He's been here for years. His name is Daniel. He said, bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. Daniel came in and interpreted the writing. And what I love about Daniel, a man of character is so important too. OMG, character is a huge one, bro. That's the part of becoming more like Christ, character. And so when, when Daniel came in, he said, I'm going to give you new clothes. I'm going to give you gold. I'm, I'm going I'm to elevate you. As soon as Daniel steps in the room, he says, I don't want any of that, but I'll interpret the dream for you. And he, he interpreted the dream high places. And you never know where God is going to take you when you're building his kingdom. High places. I, I love it when, when people say, I, I need something in the, in the church. What I love is I'm, I'm in a place right now where I can connect people. Need your car fix? Need a doctor? Need a lawyer? Need an outreach? Need this? High places. That's what God wants you to do. That's, he wants you to be a connector. Leaders are connectors. Leaders are connectors. Leaders, leaders are connectors. Rich relationships. Rich relationships. The next one is serving positions you for promotion. I remember before we moved, we used the statement, it's a, ple- it's a privilege, it's my pleasure. We've gotten so far away from that as a church. I used to tell the moving team, before we do anything, I need you to say this out loud. Come on, church, repeat it after me. Say this, it's a privilege, it's my pleasure. Let's try that again. It's a privilege, it's my pleasure. You can't even frown when you say that. So I was telling them before we moved, I said, this is going to be hard. I can't pay you. I don't know if this thing is going to work. I don't know if it's going to grow. I don't know. Give it three or four years. You can probably move back to Florida. Whatever. I love you. Thank you for coming. But this is what I need us to adopt because it's going to be hard and I can't pay you. So those are just negative, negative, negatives. That sucks, right? So I told them this is how we're going to approach this. 
Whatever we do, before we do whatever we do, you're going to say in your heart and you're going to say out loud, it's a privilege, it's my pleasure. So if we got to move a road case, it's a privilege, it's my pleasure. If we got to show people to the back, it's a privilege, it's my pleasure. Why was I doing that? Because Jesus deserves that. Because the people we're called to deserves that. What I was doing mostly was working on our character because I knew we were going to come to a place as a church where we're going to say set up and tear down is hard and this is hard and this is hard. As a matter of fact, during team night, we're just talking right now. During team night last night, watch party. uh, EJ, we love you. You better be here. But he asked a question. He said, um, because we had live Q&A, it was so fun. We're going to do it again. Live Q&A, EJ said, when are we, when is the last day to do U-Haul? If you guys know anything, all of this comes from U-Haul. And so the U-Haul team has to come early on on Saturday and they have to leave late on Sunday and they got to go to U-Haul. They don't get home sometimes to four or five o'clock and they're just doing church 12 hours. And my answer to EJ was U-Haul will never stop at Highlight Church. You'll have a little break for the next year and a half. But our second location could be portable. Where in the Bible do you read about the disciples not working, sitting down, being comfortable in church? I don't read, I don't read that anywhere. See, I'm not getting any claps because this isn't the message that we came to church for. God bless you doing praise and worship. I come to judge. No, I'm playing. But What I did say to EJ, I said, well, oh, you're here. What's up, man? I said, um, you're on a sweater, too. I like it. I said, you can be the leader of the U-Haul team across 20 locations. You, you can disciple those guys, pray for them, be there for them, raise them up. You can be the leader. You, you can impart character, hard work. The, the formula is still the same when it comes to success. There's no get-rich-quick scheme. And you either fall into one or two categories in life. You either survive or you thrive. But it's all in the mental approach. So when I, when I used to tell our team, it's a privilege, it's my pleasure. You, you say that, you can't even frown. It's a privilege, it's my That's why you go to Chick-fil-A and you love it. It's my pleasure. They can be having the worst day. You wouldn't know it. It's my pleasure. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Here it is. Philippians 2 says this. Christ was truly God, but he did not try to remain equal with God. I need to stop and slow down and think about this. So you're telling me this guy was God. Aaron, you, you're with me, bro. I'm, I'm looking for life in here. You're with me. You leaned in. Yeah, okay, good, good. He was God. And he didn't come and, you rub my feet. You get my water. You, (laughs) worthless. (laughs) He was intentional about not. And it says this here, instead he gave up everything and became a slave. When he became like one of us, the, the greatest thing you can offer to God is your service. And it's all because we're sinners. 
If, if God doesn't bless us with anything else, he's already given us enough. When Jesus shed his blood on that cross. So, so our response to that in return is to go and get other souls. Because all this is going to pass away. I've never seen a hall attached to a hearse, a U-Haul. You're not, we're not taking any of it with us. And so I love what the Bible says. He became a slave when he became like us. This is Paul informing us that, yeah, God loves us. But the Bible says, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. The greatest thing we can give God is our time and our money and our gifts and our talents to build the kingdom. And he says this here. He says this here. Christ was humble. He obeyed God and even died on a cross. Watch this. Then God gave Christ the highest place. And honor his name above all others. So Christ was intentional about humility, about service. And we just read it at the beginning. We said he taught and he healed. And he went back to Cesar and he prayed. He prayed. The Bible says a lot of times he went away to get by himself. He prayed, refilled, got back out and served. We got more seats, more people need a healthy church. More sicknesses. Okay, I got to pray, and I'm going to come on back. And and he poured his life out for three years. And the result was that God gave Christ the highest place. We we think in order to get to the highest place, we got to beat people and cuss people out and do it dirty and take shortcuts. But but God is saying, no, no, no. The The way up is down. I'm going to wait till y'all clap because that is truth and it is God's word and it is his scripture. The way up is down. You want to go up in, in your marriage, in your ministry, in your business, you want that thing, you better create a culture in that marriage, in that business, in that home of being just like this all the time. Baby, we got to serve and do better by each other. We got to love. We got to be excellent. We got to do this thing. Because God's primary concern is not your blessing. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. He loves you. God's primary concern is, is can he entrust you with people? And, and, and how blessed will they be under your leadership? That's why he exalts the humble and he humbles the proud. When, 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 when your posture, your heart's posture is servanthood, when it's servanthood, God is saying, that's someone I can trust with influence. That's, right. that's someone I can trust with more money. Right. That's someone I can trust to travel the world. That's someone I can trust with an amazing spouse when it's servant. But the natural inclination of the flesh is to be me, me, me. Well, we agree that there is a leadership deficit in culture. Yeah. And the reason that there is a leadership deficit is because there's a surplus of selfishness. But it's the, it's the equation simple. Go back to my verse. 
Go back to where I talked about Jesus and God will read verse 10, honor his name above all others. Verse 10 says this here. So at the name of Jesus, everyone will bow those in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Verse 11, and to the glory of God, the father, everyone will openly agree. Jesus Christ is Lord. All because he positioned himself. God, what do you need from me? Who needs me? What do I need to sacrifice? And and the father would say, there are 10,000 people tomorrow, broken homes. And he'd say, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to supply you. Every need, but I need you to get out there and lay hands on 10,000 people. And I need you to teach. Okay, Father. And God is saying the same thing to Highlight Church as we move from two to three services. And our, and our same prayer, our prayer has to be like that of Jesus. My church is moving from two to three service. Where do you need me? It's the process of growing you for that promotion. Servants' hearts reap great rewards. Colossians 3.23 says this, Work hard and cheerfully at all you do, just as though you were working for the Lord, not merely for your masters, remembering that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who is going to pay you. So you're not working for you. You're working for God. And he's going to pay you, giving you your full portion of all he owns. And he owns everything. He is the one who you're really working for. You need to go ahead and write this down. Anyone can grow in their leadership because anyone can grow in their serving. All right. So, Mercy, come on, start playing me out here. I want to share this with you real quick. Some, some practical stuff, because i got to get you guys out of here. Um, our vision is to, number one, identify leadership potential in people as a church. Y'all okay? Yeah. I promise I'm going to get you out of here. We're going to identify leadership potential. If you serve here, I want to I commission you. I want to commission you to not just see people as merely guests, but identify their God-given potential. Yeah. Look them square in the eye and know that God has called them to something greater. It'll change the way that you serve at the local church. Number two, we're going to develop world-class leaders. We, we do this a few ways through here. It is, if you're writing notes, super steps. It's a two week journey, super steps, and enables you to serve within this local church and to make a difference. This is my belief. I believe that the local church is the breeding ground for your leadership development. It is free of charge. You can come into the local church and encourage people. You can kiss babies. You can high-five people. You can hug people. You can make people laugh. You can make people smile. You can clean things up. It is, it is breeding ground, breeding ground for your leadership development. You don't got to come to church like, ah, like it's work. It ain't work, baby. God is here. It's the breeding ground for your leadership. Ah, church. No, it, it's, come on now. It's, 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 it's this obscure place where you can grow but it's obvious to God. Number two, light groups. 
Light groups are designed to connect you with great people and grow you in your faith, but it's also a place where you can grow as a leader. If you're in a light group and you've been a little nervous about speaking up and offering your opinion, start speaking. Start talking. Reach out to your group leader and ask, I'm going to show up early. I want to set up. I'm going to leave late so I can help clean up. And then tell them, hey, I want to lead next semester. What does that look like? So, so, so I, I've seen the journeys of many in our church. You'll have someone sign up to lead a group and their first sign up out there in the hallway and no one will stop by. They're just holding their sign. They're like, sign up over here. It's like, they, they'll report to Chow. Uh, Chow, I had one person sign up for my light group. Chow asked me and PK, we'll say, tell them it's okay. That's the journey. You, you, you pastor and you shepherd that one person well. And we always get it. That next semester, oh, I had 15 people sign up because you, you cared and you grew that one person. So light groups is not just connecting and, and going through material. It's growing you to be a leader. And that stuff pours over into the rest of your life. We, we've heard through the fast, new job opportunities, promotions. What is, and a lot of these people we're hearing these testimonies from are light group leaders. They're team leaders within our church. What is God saying? He's saying, I'm, I'm taking you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And as you grow in your church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand your influence in the world. Another way is through T3. This means transform the three. During the summer months, we will pair you up with the leader at our church. Why is it transformed the three? Because it was Jesus, Peter, James, and John, a small group. He had an inner circle of three people. We, we, we lay the foundation for spiritual development, leadership development, and what, what I've termed visionary development. We're going to do two weeks of that because I think a, a, a leader has to have a vision. you got to have a vision. We want to develop your vision. And if you've served for a semester and you're interested in that in the summer, it's such a powerful thing. You go through content and like that stuff pours over too. It's like now, now people in the church got vision. Uh, someone stopped by the, the building the other day while we were cleaning it up. Dennis, Dennis not here today. We love Dennis. But he came, he said, Pastor, I got this, I got this vision in my heart. I, I don't know how I'm going to go about it though. Like, but I got, it's big and it's got this vision. Never had vision a day in his life. You don't know who you are until you take the steps to to go into places you've never gone before. So you're like, I want to do the T3 thing. I want to develop spiritually and develop as a leader and develop vision. Great. Serve a semester. We're going to hook you up with a leader so you can get a vision for your life. T3. And then we're going to do it also through high rise nights. Every first Wednesday of the month, starting in March, we're going to be teaching biblical leadership principles designed to encourage and empower you to lead well in every area of your life. You'll probably say, I'm not a supervisor. I'm not a CEO. I'm not a boss. There's this concept called leading up. There's a way you can serve your bosses that enables you to lead them. High rise nights. Be there every first Wednesday of the month. And then the third thing we're going to do is we're going to release leaders into every sector of society. That's our vision. Mark 16, 15 says this, and then he told them, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. 
there are people in your industries that I will never touch. There were cities and nations and an entire world that Jesus never stepped foot in. And so he was empowering his disciples to to go into technology and education and athletics. He said, you don't have to be in the church vocational ministry. I've called you into those fields. He had guys like Joseph of Arimathea, bona fide millionaire. He, he, he put the body of Christ in a tomb. When, when Christ passed away on the cross, he put the body of Christ in a tomb. He had people like Joanna, wife of Chusa, assistant to the king. This woman had influence and money. And she would, she would hold small groups throughout Judea and Jerusalem. Jesus would go to those homes and minister. He had people like Martha. He had Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector who wasn't even a Jew. He was a Greek. Money, influence, good man. Jesus uses all kinds of people to the glory of God. It is our call to release leaders into every sector in society. And maybe you will say, um, it's been a nice motivational speak, but speech, but um, that's not me. I'm, I'm good with coming to church and giving my offering and going to heaven. Maybe you say it's my past, it's my abilities, it's... But I, I, got, a, I got a verse for you. If you want to discount yourself, you, you are a world changer. And, you know, a lot of times they say you can't shove Jesus down people's throats, but that's what I'm going to shove leadership down your throat. You are not a pebble. You are a rock. You are a rock. And God is not finished with you. I love this. Ephesians 1.4, even before he made the world. This is a, this is a personal go-to verse of mine. When, when I feel like I'm not qualified, when I feel like I'm not good enough, when I feel like no one believes in me, this is a go-to verse. Even before he made the world, even before he created all this, he had you in mind. God loved you and chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. If you are still breathing, God is not finished with you. If you are still breathing, it's because there are other people breathing who need you to lead well, to serve well, to fulfill your greatest potential. Don't feed into that crap. There's so much on the inside of you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you for the season of vision. God, right now we're praying for, for leaders to rise up. We're praying for workers, laborers. We're praying for an increase of servants, Lord. There's so much need out there, so much pain, so much hurt. And God, you've called your church, you've anointed and empowered your church to be the solution. God, right now we pray for future pastors in this room. God, we pray for future church planters. God, we pray for those who are leading in the field of, of, of technology and education uh, and, 
in commerce, Lord, in business, God, athletics, God. We, we ask that even now your spirit would rest upon them, God, and that you would give them the, the, the courage and the boldness to, to glorify you in all that they do, and that when people see them serve, when people see them lead, that they would see Jesus Christ shine through them. So God, even now, Lord, if we've been too comfortable where we are, Lord, we know, Lord, much like Peter, you're calling us to go deeper. So help us once again to obey and to trust what you're calling us and to help us to get out of our seats and to begin to build the only thing that you're coming back for, and that's your church. God, we love you. And if there's anyone here that does not know you, God, we know that your arms are wide open to them right now. And church, I want you to go ahead and pray this with me in honor of those who are ready to give their lives and their hearts to Jesus. Repeat this after me. And if this is you for the first time or if you're coming back to Christ, just repeat these words. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Church, repeat this after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Lord, I believe that he died on a cross for my forgiveness and he rose from the grave so that I can live. I make him my Lord and Savior. Fill my heart with your spirit. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great, great, great week.